Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. Today on the show is Brian Dillon from Melty Brains, whose debut album You came out on January 25th. And to say it's been long awaited would be an understatement. I remember seeing them at the likes of the Pavilion in Cork around a decade ago. And as you'll hear Brian say, they were really on a roll in 2016, 2017. But I guess that's how it goes, particularly for a five-piece band. One or two members get sidetracked with other projects for a little bit, and then suddenly you blink, and it's 2023. You'll hear Brian talk through his own musical output in the interim, and go through all the Melties and their various projects as well, to give you a sense of just how busy each has been musically over the years. Indeed, I met Brian and Ben at the Project Arts Centre in Dublin before Christmas as they were helping Owen Talos French with the music for Emma Kerwin's brilliant show, Accents. Melty Brains have been sitting on the debut album since the pandemic started, by the sounds of it, and now it's finally released. Out on Strange Brew Records, You is an exploration of the journey of five young men navigating their way through their 20s. It delves into the complexities of being a young man in Ireland in the 21st century and the broader themes of self-discovery and finding peace of mind in the modern world. The album is a journey through the cosmos and the self, ultimately leading to the understanding that the two may not be that different. You tells a universal story of the individual journey, reminding listeners that in an era of individuality, we all have similar experiences and journeys to go on. The album was created for the band to explore their own lives, but ultimately it was made for the listener. You'll hear a few songs from you throughout this episode, and of course, as I'm sure that you can imagine, I think the album sounds great. I wouldn't be talking to them if I thought otherwise. It sounds otherworldly, perhaps. I keep thinking it's a spacey kind of record. There's loads of auto-tune, but there's depth to it as well, something that Siobhan Kane reviewing you for the Irish Times picked up on as well. She says, Space Ghetto, with its manipulated vocals and elegant strings, almost glows in its radiance, and bitten by the system is a rush of curio. In fact, all of the songs share this eccentric quality, with Listen to Me as a real highlight, sounding like it has been recorded down a barrel. It is a mixture of nightmare and fairy tale, which is pleasingly bizarre. There is a gorgeous strictness to the vocals on Alone with Buddha that then kind of dissolves and stretches and curls. All the interludes are compelling in their peculiarity, like Ghost Box meets Cigarose, uniting to write a score to a Peter Strickland film that is yet to be made. Wonderful. And that's it. Welcome to the world of Melty Brains. It's a fun place to be. Here's the opening track on the album. It's called I Haven't Got a Clue. You'll also hear journey to slash from the melty world during the chat and that real highlight of listen to me to close the episode out the album itself closes with a song sung by icelandic artist jofrider which is stunning and the perfect cap to the album so i don't want to spoil that for you you can go get the album at the melty brains Bandcamp page it's on spotify as well i'm sure it's on all of the other streaming systems too so let's listen to i haven't got a clue and then you'll hear my chat with brian dylan from melty brains can i ask you am i wrong if men so happy staying strong you were happy you believe lost that feeling you would see
movement so happy Staying strong You have You believe Lost that feeling You would see Great to finally um, chat with you. I met you before Christmas. Uh, you were doing a show in the Project Art Centre, Accents, with uh, Ben and Owen from Talos and Emma Kerwin. That was uh, that was that must have been like a nice pre-Christmas warm-up. Yeah, I suppose it was. It was, it was a great show to be involved in. Um, it was, I suppose, for me anyway, it was nice. And I, I think Ben was in the same boat to be slightly, slightly outside of it. Like, obviously, we were involved... Um, to a certain extent because we workshopped it and we were performing every night but the initial kind of uh, concept or like a creative process was prior to us coming in so it was nice to be able to come into something halfway finished and be like hey, this is good yeah <laughs> and, and even prior to starting rehearsal someone asked me oh, what will it be like and at that stage we hadn't really heard anything so I was like I don't know I hope it's good <laughs> so it was really really rewarding then Owen, was was he kind of like the main musical person? Did he come up with all of the music and were you just rehearsing it or how did it work? More or less. So technically Owen was like the, he was commissioned as the composer and then he, I guess he kind of drafted or demoed everything. And then we had two weeks of rehearsals where Owen said like, this is the, the kind of the theme or the main idea. How do we make that a full piece? Um, and we just played through it. Um, and I guess because, you know, Emmett's part was so... Like it was, it was so um, in sync with the music, and it had to be. So he was also him and the director were also working through everything together and the lighting. So it was really, yeah, it was the, the although Owen was the kind of main musical creator, there was a lot of workshopping involved. Mm, just because, like, I'm sure people listening will have gone to the show. Um, like, do you plan on releasing? music uh, i think so that's not i don't know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, not yeah. it's not your call to make exactly yeah okay. owns talking about it yeah but yeah i don't know where where it's at now because i know he's busy with other talent stuff as well have you worked like that before uh kind of i did i did a dance show last year with um dan fox from gillaband oh dance moves is that what it's uh, called night dances night dances yeah yeah <laughs> And that was a very similar process. That was unbelievable as well. Oh, did you go to that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Class. So that was where was that? The National Stadium, wasn't it? Yeah, the Boston. So one. loud. Yeah, it looked unbelievable. Great, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, so what was was that the same thing? That was like come working with Dan in the uh, Owen French role. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Now that one was interesting because it was, I, I think in in this one as opposed to with because the way Owen works, you know, he's kind of computer based. Um, and so he had made everything in Logic or Ableton beforehand, and they were kind of demos of the tracks. Um, whereas for Dan, I think he saw his role com- as composer as choosing the soundscape or the sound. So I didn't bring any of my own gear for that. He was like, these are the synths you're going to play. Oh, wow. These are the pedals you're going to use. I don't really mind what you play on them. I'll just tell you if I think it sounds good or not. <laughs> so you have like creative control up to a point. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So what I did with the fingers was up to me. But um, but his, his ear was kind of driving things. I That's really interesting. Would you like that kind of a role in future, do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm open. It's really enjoyable. I mean, I found with both of those projects, what was great was just there was a great 
camaraderie and dynamic no egos and even like with accents I guess ultimately Emmett was his kind of brainchild um, yet he was so open to suggestions and so happy to kind of change things around and and to go with it and we had the same with the dance show where Emma Martin was the choreographer and you know ultimately she was in charge but there was no there was no um what's the term I'm looking for like uh, preciousness about anything you know it was just everyone seemed to be working together to get the best best piece and to yeah to express things that's great um how do you know owen is it like did did he call you specifically sort of thing or is it or how, how did it all come together well myself and ben and me hall as well actually three of the melties <laughs> three um, of the melties three <laughs> of the melties yeah we we, we move in pods <laughs> three of us went to we moved to west court during the pandemic oh right great yeah yeah down so to lep down to lep more or less we were in castle towns then but oh okay great yeah. so what a nice place to to stay in it was the ideal place to be yeah. during the pandemic because there was like there was maybe you know 10 to 15 of us who would see each other relatively regularly but sure that was all like from west cork sort of thing yeah 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 so you know um the three Melties, the Samsons were around, um, Owen, Sam, Peter, that was about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a couple more people, yeah. Uh, but yeah, limited numbers. But that was, obviously that was how the pandemic was for everyone. And it's so beautiful down there. So yeah, it was great. As soon as the world kind of opened again and there was the option to see other people and do other things, it, it became a bit limiting. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that you were like, we were like, no, we don't want to see any other people. Yeah, you know, we're happy, yeah. we're no. happy here in Castle Townsend. <laughs> no, but it was, it was good. So uh, I was living, we were in a house, uh, Melty's were in a house about, I don't know, a kilometre down the road from Owen. And... Funnily enough, before, like, we had plans to just jam or whatever a few times. But before doing that, started, I, I got real into running during the lockdown. And so, remember the heaviest lockdown period in January of 2021? Oh, man, that one, yeah, the one that was tough on everybody, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I would meet Owen for a long run, like a 10 to 20 kilometer run once a week. And that was, like, that was my therapy, I think, because he was the only person outside of the house I was speaking to. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so we just kind of became friends then, and me and Ben and me all would call in and make music and work on stuff. Um, and even there was a couple, because myself and Ben are playing with Talos as well now, um, and there was a couple of tracks we worked on that didn't make this Talos album, but maybe we'll make one in future, and so on and so forth. So just kind of, yeah, just hanging out, making music, um, and... Then when accents started, because I think I think the at Emmett contacted him about that quite a while ago, and then pandemic slowed things down. But when it started for real, he asked me and Ben if we would like to yeah, be part of it. Does the Melty Brains album kind of start at that time down in Castle Townsend in twenty twenty? No, no. <laughs> Melty Brains. Some of the songs were written. I think one of the songs was written in 2013. Oh wow! Yeah, ten years yeah, ago. Ten years. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. We are not the most, um, I don't want to say we're not the most prolific because we write a lot of music. We're not going to get things finished, I guess. <laughs> it took a while. But we're going to get things started. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> um, but no, funny actually, the, prior to the pandemic, we had been out in Killian Manor. Do you know where another love story is? Mm -hmm. And so kind of had a bit of a studio set up and we're staying there bits and pieces oh, right, great. yeah the, the winter of 2019 and i remember the four of us Michal was touring with Dermot at the time but the four of us the other four of us met in dublin on like march 15th or 14th one of the last the last days yeah, of yeah, life yeah. and we we're like god the album's nearly finished <laughs> really? wow. yeah yeah if, i think i think we would have <laughs> finished it that month if it wasn't for the pandemic oh, wow yeah maybe not maybe we would have gone back on everything over and over again um but yeah the workflow was broken up and then it took a while but actually what's coming out now january 2023 we finished it and sent it off to be mixed nearly two years ago wow yeah yeah it's just these things take time you know and then even like because it's coming out strange brew and i think we spoke to googie about releasing it in march of last year so just a, right a yeah yeah process. just the admin of it and everything just yeah. kind of yeah yeah um, just because you mentioned some of the names already, do you want to go through who's in Melty Brains and maybe their various other projects as well? And have you lost any members like since 10 years ago? No. All, all of the band are, yeah. are still yeah. there, all the originals. Honestly, like it's more of a, 
it's more of a friend group primarily or <laughs> like band. a support group than a band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. No, it is really. We wouldn't do it with other people. Um, <laughs> yeah, just well, that would defeat the purpose, kind of. Um, so there's me. Um, and I've talked about stuff already, so I won't continue. <laughs> and keys, and you, you make a project as the line. I do, well. yeah. So I Any do sell stuff projects? as the line. Ah, uh, fucking loads of bits and pieces here yeah. and there. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else? I I produced a, a, a trad album last year for a harp player called Breeding from Sligo. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, I talked to her on the podcast. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. She's brilliant. Great. Yes. She's great. That yeah, album's yeah. really good as well. Thanks very much. Cheers. Um, yes, yeah, so I did that. I'm producing an album or co-producing w- with Loa now. Um, yeah, Sal is a good old melty friend. We've known her for years. Um, Emma, her sister Feather, was in college with us, and I like I actually lived and Ben lived with her as well in like 2010 or something. Wow. So yeah, remember you said incestuous earlier. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're both great as well. Yeah, like making yeah. completely different types of music totally. too. Like so exciting. Yeah. Do you know their brother Tamo Abakashi? Oh, he does stuff with Sim Sima, is it? No? He, um, a little bit. He does kind of like live house kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's also great. <laughs> yeah, wow. talented bunch. I'll just be saying this after everybody that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, wow, yeah. this person, this person. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe it's like somebody who's terrible. <laughs> you're like, really? <laughs> yeah, just didn't have a dad or doddle. <laughs> <laughs> who else? Oh, so then there's Ben, who I mentioned, the aforementioned Ben Bix, who plays bass and synths and sings in Melty. Um, and does a lot of production stuff. Also plays with Talos with me. Is a part of Sim Sima. Works with Sailor V Demai. Just loads of bits. He's a busy, busy bugle. Mm. Um, then we have Mihal, who's our drummer, whose main gig is playing with Dermot Kennedy. You lost him to Dermo. Uh, we li- yeah, a lot of the time. Yeah, we got <laughs> back for a bit. Uh, but yeah, so that kind of that's that keeps him busy. Though I know when he's around, he plays with Denise Chyla sometimes as well. Oh, okay. Um, and he has his fun. own solo stuff as well. He released a he solo did, album yeah. in like twenty twenty, I think. Wasn't yeah, it? pandemic, like a pandemic yeah. album, a kind of a uh, beat album, like. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which was cool. I think he's trying to get another one finished now as well. Oh, great. Yeah, though I doubt. I mean, good luck to him. The Dermot uh, uh, Dermot <laughs> album two tour starts. In a couple of weeks. So if he gets it done before that, fair play. <laughs> um, yeah, he's German Kennedy playing to like 155,000 people in Ireland in the summer. Yeah, crazy. Oh, I, think, I, think I think it's considerably more, actually. More than that, is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Three Thelman Parks, two, oh. two Dublin shows that are 40,000 each. Ah, we won't go into it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just mind-boggling. Like, yeah, like it's yeah, just yeah. unbelievable. So funny, Dermot was also in college with us. Was he? Yeah, wow. yeah more, more incest. <laughs> um, <laughs> But and I remember we we like we we were talking about him then. I remember saying to someone because Miho played in a band with him in college and a little bit after as well. And I remember saying to someone like, you know, Dermot's great. He has he has the package. Great voice, handsome guy. You know, good, good songs and like good personality. He's a nice person. And like he could you know he could be a big star. And I remember thinking, like, he probably won't. Like, the chances of that actually happening are slim. But, you know, the right circumstances, he, he could. And look at him now. Wow. So, you, like, we were talking just before we pressed record about kind of, like, can you, can you spot stars early on? And you could tell that Dermot had something. Yeah. I mean, he's really good. You know, so, yeah. but I don't... A lot of people are really good, though, in, like, college. Yes. You know, yeah. or just, like, someone... Like, I presume it was just him and an acoustic guitar or something, wasn't Mostly, it? Mostly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, oh, there's some... I don't know. I, I wonder what it is that kind of sets them apart. Ah, it's luck. <laughs> I just, like, I he's a great looking guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I just mean it's, like, like it's, like, just just happenstance. I, I oh, really, okay. I, I okay, okay, think okay, so. Okay, like, yeah. I, you know, I... I th- I thought Dermot could do, but I said that about other people as well. And I think mm. he's just he got the breaks. Um, now, I'm not saying he didn't work really hard or he doesn't deserve it, but other people also work really hard and deserve it. Um, so yeah. And finishing off, the Melty Brains oh, members. Two left. Two left. Tig. <laughs> oh, we've got Tig. Yeah, Tig plays violin and runs Sim Sima as well, and plays. He's like a dance hall DJ. He's largely. junior special, isn't he? He's junior special as well. Yeah, yeah. So does club nights, DJs loads. Um, and also plays violin at weddings and things at times, which is oh, kind really? of in, incongruous. In a wedding band? No, not in a wedding band, just like a string quartet. Oh, okay, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, like as they're walking down the aisle. Yeah, that stuff. kind of stuff. Oh, great. Yeah, it's that, funny. That's a gig that pays the bills. Yeah, I mean, I doesn't do it that much, but, <laughs> but it would. <laughs> probably do it <laughs> if more. If he was arsed. <laughs> um, but, 
yeah, it's funny. When I met Tyg first, <laughs> it was like, he's only into two. Now, this is a generalization, but like, he really likes two types of music. Uh, Baroque and classical string music and dance hall and grime. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Tyg in a nutshell in some ways. Um, and finally? And then we've got Donica. Uh, and Donica plays keys and sings and has a, his Dunny solo project as well, which I think he's an album finished also. And this, this is like in line with our taking 10 years to get the album done. Dunny has a finished record. Ben has a finished solo record, which hopefully will someday see the light of day. Ben Bix has a solo does, as yeah. Ben Bix? As Ben Bix, oh, yeah, right. what, that's great. Can like, you say what that's like? Yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of like that world of... Um, I suppose people like Caribou. Back when Caribou was good. Oh, is he not good anymore? <laughs> I don't like Caribou yeah. anymore, no. Some, somebody else I was talking to over the weekend was complaining about him as well, saying really? that his, his sound at his gigs are always, is always bad. Really, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like Odessa and all that. It really, it was really dancey. It really it hit. And it, it, you know, it's just a bit grand now, I think. I, yeah, maybe. Kind of streamlined. Yeah, a bit safe. Um, so, so Ben's isn't like that. Ben's no. is the the good, the caribou. good caribou, yeah, or Bibio, or that kind of world of stuff. Oh, okay, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, like uh, poppy dance music, but more on the dance side of things. Um, Dancy pop, I don't know. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's a good record. I hope he puts it out. <laughs> Great. And do you, do you have like more solo stuff incoming as well? Yeah, I have an album done as well. Um, as the line. Mm-hmm. Great. It, it, it's uh, it's actually yeah need to need to start planning. Um, it's a collaborative record I made during the pandemic. Um, so. Basically, I kind of acted as like producer, composer, and then I got singers or songwriters um, to feature on every track. So I, there's like the guys, God Knows I'm Early are on a track. Melty Guys were all, did something on it. Uh, Owen French did a thing. Um, Sarka Richardson, the Seraph and Pillow Queens, a bunch of people. So I just Great. need to, yeah, need to figure out what to do with it now. <laughs> it's like a snapshot of the, uh, of the scene, I guess. Yeah. yeah Is that kind of how you enjoy working kind of more collaboratively but though i guess the first album was all you was it yeah so in some ways the second record was a reaction to that of like at the time maybe it was good for me to uh to bury myself in a room on my own for a year writing sad songs (laughs) um but after it i was like maybe i should do the opposite now and and kind of focus on trying to write happy songs yeah well they're not no that didn't work (laughs) but just i don't know i really especially i kind of had it i was thinking it prior because you know before the pandemic i had we were living at one stage a bunch of the melties moved to like a, a rural house out in loud um, and then one by one, they all went back to the city and I was there on my own for a year. Um, in Loud? So, yeah, in rural Loud, yeah, living on the beach, um, which is nice up to a point. <laughs> but yeah, after, so I did a bit of isolation pre-pandemic. So I kind of just, with, with that, I come to the conclusion that actually like, community is one of the things I value the most. So I decided to make a record that is about that and then also the form reflects that. So it's all like collaborations. So I just need to, yeah, it's, that's done. Uh, another, yeah, so all the Melties have albums unreleased. Yeah, I Actually, mean. yeah, that's mad. We four <laughs> on the go. Yeah, yeah. Plus playing with Dermot Kennedy as well. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. um, that leads on to the obvious question. Like, I, I expected a Melty Brains album maybe in like 2015 or something yeah. like that, you know. So are you surprised that you have an album done and finished and coming out sort of thing ultimately like did you think that you had broken up maybe at some stage back in like yeah. the mid uh teens yeah it never got to that stage where we had the breakup discussion but yeah it certainly felt like it's ran it ran its course at one stage i think probably 2015 2016 was when we were at our busiest um and with, with your various other no with that was still melty was still oh, kind of okay. going around that point so yeah i think so that was yeah because 2016 we we did an EP we did Kiss Yourself and we did a a pretty not massive but we did a handful of UK dates with a bunch of Irish dates we did Iceland Airwaves and a couple of other little festivals and things so it seemed like we were in a good way and then then Ty got a new job we all started playing with Dermot a lot of things happened and and actually funny one event which I wonder what I wonder would have changed anything we were booked to do a tour in India in March of 2017. Wow. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> Bizarre. But it fell through. And I wonder if what would happen. Maybe we would have just got an album done then. <laughs> um, so, yeah, did we think we had broken up? 
It certainly crossed my mind, yeah. Um, that you just, like, weren't talking sort of thing? You weren't talk- no. talking about the band? Or? Yeah, that. We were still hanging out, um, but just not, like, <clears throat> not rehearsing. We, 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 in 2017 as well, we stopped. We got rid of our rehearsal space, basically. Um, just, it was great for me and for Ben, because we were in there all the time, but for the rest of the guys who were supplementing that, it wasn't so good. Um, so we stopped having the rehearsal space, and that along with various commitments like Dermot touring and so on and so forth, slowed things down big time. Um, and yeah, then, then in 2019, we got momentum again. So there was a couple of years where we weren't really doing a whole lot of melty stuff or nothing focused anyway. And then in 2019, I'm not sure what happened or what changed. No, I am sure. Myself and Ty both quit jobs at the same time um, and were just like unemployed and had time to work on, on Melty Brains music. And was that uh, like a kind of a pact? Like if I, if I don't quit this job, you know, am I going to do anything in music? Was it, was it kind of dramatic in a way? Uh, I don't know. I, like I was, so I was, the job I quit is one that I'm back at again. That was in BIM. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. So it wasn't. And it was in music as well. It was in music. Song, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't full time. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It just, I just, I, I basically, for me anyway, at that stage, I was really busy teaching and I burnt out very badly. Um, and I just like, I finished correcting exams in June, maybe. And I got, I got out of bed in July, more or less. Oh, okay. And yeah, yeah. So I said I needed a break and that opened up time for me to do Melty stuff. And then Tig had been working in the Sugar Club. Um, so also in music, but I think he had a similar experience where the work put in wasn't worth the reward. Um, so he also left. And then, yeah, just the things kind of uh, aligned. Ben Ben was talking, randomly talking to the woman who owns Kalyan Manor, who lives there. And she said, if you ever want to come out here and set up a studio and work, you can, and you can stay whenever you like. And so all of us were there for a bit and just, yeah, things, the stars aligned <laughs> for a brief period. Yeah, so you didn't really talk about breaking up and did you kind of talk about getting back together and like finally finishing an album? We probably did, yeah. We... Even though, like, we talk about everything. There was a period where, like, we, we didn't rehearse. We just chatted. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, we just didn't use the, the break up, the B word, you know. <laughs> um, but it was in, it was probably said in other ways, if that makes sense. D- yeah, just kind of the drifting. Yeah. Yeah, more than yeah. anything else. Yes. Um, so, like, just because I haven't actually talked to any of Melty Brains, I don't think, anyway. Um, like, you started back in, like, 2010, 2010 11? Yeah, 20, uh yeah, it was like Christmas 2010. Kind of starting out of college. Yeah. Yeah, so the guys, Donica, Tig, and Ben were living in a house together. Um, we, were, we were all in the same course. We all studied music in Maynooth. Um, and myself and Tig were one year ahead of the three guys. Um, and then Ben, <clears throat> Tig, and Donica moved into the house together. You know, as you do in college, just like finding somewhere to live with classmates. And just started writing silly songs in Logic. And initially, they were very silly. <laughs> so, yeah. And they, there was a song contest in the college. So the lads said for the song contest, they should perform one of the silly songs they'd written. This is a song called Shake Well. That was, the lyrics were made up of the backs of deodorant cans and cigarette packets. <laughs> um, and they needed a drummer, so they asked Michal, um, who was a classmate and friend. And they didn't win the competition, but they came third, so that was enough. And I they got I, on the podium. Exactly, yeah, that was enough to kind of give them confidence. And I had entered the competition separately, but I saw them, and I was like, "Geez, that was great. That was way better than my song," <laughs> even though it was about cigarette packets. And for the next gig, because um, the lads were friends of mine anyway, Ben asked if I wanted to initially jump on stage while Donica was rapping and do a keyboard solo, wearing a mask. Um, and of course I said yes, how could you say no to that? And then I just started rehearsing with them. We started rehearsing full stop. <laughs> and started, it became a thing. And the mask was also probably kind of born then as well. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you were such a uh, fun live band as well. Like you had dance routines as well, didn't you? Yeah. Like were, were you just enjoying it for like a good few years there? For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we found that the live sphere was somewhere we could really be creative. Um without any kind of limitations you know obviously we're all musicians first and foremost but i think music is one way of of creating it's one way of giving a message or telling a story but like in a in a live performance you're you can work with so many different mediums um or media (laughs) that 
it really just let us be like completely totally creative and not really there weren't didn't seem like a lot of limitations apart from like time and money and we put so much time into shows and we still like it's funny we still do like basically every show we've ever done we've rewritten the whole show you know the songs the core of them are the same but we've never done the same set twice which is which is like for a for an audience member i think is great but for like example you know a management or someone trying to make money from a band it's terrible <laughs> you can just see them head in their hands sort of thing yeah yeah basically um also then of course we got into just learning about lighting and stage design and costume and all of those kind of things which play a huge role um, and they became important parts in you know choreography and they became important parts of our concerts as well um there was one show we did um in, in terms of like production value probably the biggest thing we've done we did a, a show in the abbey theater for the fringe festival dublin fringe in 2016 and that was that was great it was kind of i mean although ultimately it was a music gig because the form was song 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 um interlude song acting piece song it, it, it was kind of like experimental theater you know we really devised the show as like a a journey or a narrative arc um and we also worked with algorithm who do um visual projections and lights and mapping and actually funny we sold out the abbey theater for the fringe you know big show great gig but we didn't make any money. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we spent it all on lights. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, literally production values. I mean, the, like the production values were like Croke Park levels. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're playing to five hundred people. Um, wow. Yeah, that's like the story of like being in a band in general. I think, yeah, isn't it? Like you're just so. never gonna make any money. Sell, <laughs> oh, sell out the Abbey Theatre, which is like an amazing thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Though I guess, like, it, yeah. If, I mean, if we're doing it for the money. What, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't know where, yeah. So, but it, it's something, it's something we'll always have and always remember. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Like, it's a big part of Ireland and Irish history, so. And even to perform there would be one thing, but to actually, like, write our own show and to make our own production for there and to put it on is, is special. And as far as I know, we're the only band who've done that. And even if that's a lie, I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do you look back at that? kind of time in Dublin as you're kind of like uh, coming out of college 2010 2011 and meeting all of the different musicians around the place do you kind of look back with nostalgia kind of like what a great time you know when rents were relatively oh affordable tell me about that um yeah obviously uh, I suppose there's always an element of nostalgia for like early 20s it's a fun time um and yeah, there's rose-tinted spectacles. I, I, what am I saying? Just loads of cliches. Um, so, I, yeah, I definitely have fond memories. Though, at the same time, I, I'm aware that... And actually, this will this will be a nice segue into talking about the album. I'm aware that, like, I, you know, I didn't... As a, like, a 20... As a normal, I would say, 23 or 24-year-old, I didn't have my shit together, and I wasn't the most secure person. And I think, with all due respect to the rest of the band, I think that probably applied to all of us. You know, we were... As you probably recall from being us years ago, we were chaotic people. Um, you had that reputation. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it, it was it, it was justified. Now, having said that, I think, I, by and large, I think we got on pretty well. I think we were nice, chaotic people. Um, but yeah, certainly it was a chaotic couple of years, um, which I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think any of us regret at all. But I'm, I'm also happy enough to not be there anymore, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah.
So fast forward then to the COVID lockdown down in Castle Townsend. Is that when you were properly working on the album? Not really. Yeah, I mean, oh, okay. it, was, it was mostly finished by then. It was that, oh, that right. 2019 period in Killian where we got in and what it turned from a collection of songs into an album. Now, in the Castle Townsend lockdown, it did, things did come together. Like we cut one or two songs um, and we kind of tied it up. Now, like a, a lot of what happened then was Ben kind of took charge because we were at a stage where everything was 80, 90% there. And basically Ben was like, it, it, there'll be less cooks if I just kind of make some of the decisions at the end and do like a rough mix. Um, and that was what happened. So, so we actually, yeah, we didn't do a whole, well, we did a good bit of Melty stuff, but the album, I think at that stage, we all felt it was there. Um, so we didn't do a lot more. We have a second album nearly done. Oh, wow. Um, Look at that. Yeah, we write loads of tunes. <laughs> Whether they're good or not is another question, but it's definitely quantity. You wait, um, what, 13 years for a Melty Brains album, then yeah. two arrive at once? Well, we had this plan. I forgot to mention this. When we started working properly again in, in 2019, we made a decision that we were going to get three done. So then... And that I, was like I, a challenge? That it, you, yeah, kind of. Kind of. My, my thinking was that... Like, I think three is three a good, albums. yeah, I think three albums is a good amount of records for a band, though. It's like, there's enough of a legacy then. And I thought, and still, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I thought if we did one and put it out and it didn't go well, we'd all be defeated and it'd take us fucking years to get to get work it again. So I was like, let's get three done. And if the first one goes terribly, we can just put the second one out, you know? Yeah. So we didn't quite get there, but there's, there's the bones of a second one there. Okay, great. Um, yeah, yeah, and hopefully when this, obviously a lot of time, all of our time has gone into release stuff for the last six months or so, so um, hopefully when this is done, we'll be able to get the other one done and all of move forward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just talking about Ben kind of like taking control, you kind of needed someone to take control. Is that Was that the dynamic 10 years ago that Ben was kind of like the, the main person? Maybe? So initially, yeah, it was when the band started, like the laptop, the tunes we made in Ben's laptop and he was kind of, yeah, he was the leader at first. And then things shifted quite a bit and there was no leader and there was no control. <laughs> and it, like in some ways that was good because I think we really, it took a while, but we worked very well and very well democratically together. Like there are never any fights about about anything we don't really have fights like we're adults now <laughs> but you know even in terms of the music there are disagreements but everyone is civil um which is great and no one no one gets precious or upset about their parts being cut or their ideas not being well obviously all everyone's ideas are taken seriously but not being included or, or whatever and um, so yeah we really needed that chaotic period to get there and so like tell me about the album as a whole do you see it kind of like is it a collection of songs written over the previous 10 years or is it kind of more cohesive than that or is it i think it's more cohesive yeah. though it is like they all the songs didn't they, you know they weren't written in one period they've come from different places but we've really tried to make it like a journey and to make it a a unified body of work um and like with that in mind you know you were asking about our like chaotic 20s <laughs> and all like i i think and what we kind of talked about was that this would be a reflection of our chaotic 20s and, and like the kind of chaos that a lot of young people and younger people go through and hopefully by the end of it there's some sense of like clarity or uh, contentment or maturity um yeah that's that's the, if there's a like i don't want to say there's a message to you know because that kind of ruins music a bit <laughs> but if there is any message or at least what we not not that we necessarily went into it thinking this but listening back to it that's what it seems like and as we kind of got through the songs and, and talked about what they all might mean and where they come from it seemed to make sense that we'd push it in that direction i guess that's one of the themes of the album i think it's the first single is worth is it was that worth the second, is the second single? single but yeah yeah that that's kind of about like someone's self-worth and yeah, talking about basically. that and that seems to be something that you had back 10 years ago as mm -hmm. well that you're always kind of talking about maybe the mental side of yeah, things as well 100 percent. i mean as i said like we were chaotic people <laughs> and so it, it was something that was personally important to us um yeah because we we had to deal with it now having said that like i don't want to over overstep that because we're, we're fine <laughs> you know yeah, ultimately yeah. like we don't have any real major problems but yeah it was it was always something in our minds it's just that like like mental health is 
hard <laughs> to get right and we all found making music cathartic and a really good way of just kind of like finding happiness and contentment so it was yeah, an outlet um yeah are there other any obvious themes that to you that come through in the album i think i don't know if the lads will agree with this if i want to caveat that but i think there's a kind of I, I think gender is a thing that comes up strangely enough just because we're like we're a bunch of lads um, and we're like not just I don't just mean we're five men we're, we're a bunch of lads like yeah. <laughs> that's how we behave um, but there's a couple of times throughout the album where I suppose there's a concentrated effort to be a bit less laddie and even with that tying hand in hand with the uh, the mental health thing just um, you know when you think of like stereotypical ideas of male and female it's just Basically, I suppose one of the themes is trying to get beyond toxic ideas of masculinity. Um, not hopefully not in a, an overtly cliched mm. or quote unquote woke way. Yeah. Um, but just just that we ourselves like we had that gang lad attitude going on, and absolutely absolutely not that we're ashamed of it <laughs> but it's you're aware of it like we're aware of it, and it's not always a good thing. Um, and I suppose, yeah, there's more to us than that. And even you hear throughout the record, you know, the, obviously the dominant vocals on it are Ben and Donica. But then about halfway through, we have a, um, a girl, Sophie Malachi, singing with like a female backing vocal or a female kind of choral vocal on Space Ghetto. Um, and then on the second last track, Listen to Me, there's like a robotic female vocal, um, which seems, I don't know, it wasn't again not a dis- definite decision, but it seems interesting that there that like this female voice comes in and says, "Listen to me over and over again." And then the final song, the opening lead vocal is taken by Jo Frieder. So there seems to be this this gender arc thing going on, which wasn't necessarily planned, but I find interesting. And even that I that idea that like as we reach contentment, there's a bit more of a balance between like masculine and feminine identities or something. Great. But I'm probably overthinking it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you work lyrically? So with some songs, like Dunica, I suppose, would be more so than any other man would be a songwriter. So there's some things that he just writes and brings to us and then we make them into a like a full piece you know he'd write them just like melody and chords and 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 he'd kind of be in charge of the lyrics like the, the single he just released ease that mind was a was a dunny track initially and i think he actually played that some of his own gigs at first um but then I, a lot of them would be like i think of something like space ghetto which is another single and the original lyric to that I remember me and ben and tig were just like just in a room messing making beats and stuff and ben sang what you know what were kind of nonsense vocals um initially and just like just words that sounded nice but didn't have any sense of meaning or purpose and so then he reworked them over time and then there's some that even started as that like just a melody and like as or words that didn't mean anything or i don't want to say didn't mean anything you know no effort was put into them and then we would rework together yeah there's definitely a few tracks like that one listen to me i think myself and ben and donnie sat down and rewrote the words between us because um, that was that was initially funny talk about the like the, the masculinity thing that was initially a song called girls about how girls are great <laughs> <laughs> and they are this is it sound wise do you think you've changed like from say maybe pre-2016 melody yeah. brains uh yes and no yeah i mean i think the i think it still is the core melty sound is still there mm. i think I, it's I, I was listening to like one of the first singles i yeah. think like back from like 2013 or 14 or something like that and i was thinking it was more maybe post-rocky for sure and i don't know if i get much post yeah. as much post-rock on this absolutely i mean you know at that point post-rock was such a uh, was so in and it was mm. such a thing and in dublin there was like dublin was like the post-rock capital of the world yeah, for yeah. a while it and seemed. when you're like 23 24 yeah. as well like exactly it's very playing fast yeah. is cool yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah for sure we were into that at the time and then i guess that scene moved on and we probably moved on a bit as well but i do think there are still kind of elements of that like the expansive sound world and things um in there one thing i guess one like concentrated effort in terms of changing the sound we made was to write to use to use song structures and song forms um and to have uh like a lead line or a vocal melody, like a top line, basically. I remember we had that conversation before that someone always needs to look after the top line if we want to write stuff that's vaguely pop music. Um, 
and like I think again, pop music is a very loose term here, but we definitely decided that like we all we all like and listen to a lot of songs. So instead of writing tracks that you know the form was like um, like following the form of an electronic track or like a, a ambient post rock track, we'd try and make them into song structures and kind of similar ideas and sounds and melodic choices, but rein in the structure a bit. Yeah, and I think that. I think that probably helps the album a lot as well, that there's not like four or seven minute tracks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think it's the third song. The vocal goes something like, we'll tell you what a Melty Brains is. Something yeah. like that. Is it Journey? I Journey think so, yeah. What yeah. is it? Um, so I know what that is. Give me a second. I just need to make sure I get it right. Uh, years ago, doing the first gigs, one of the lads wrote this. It mightn't have even been one of the lads, one of us. It could have just been a friend wrote this like nonsense, made this like plaque for the wall on cardboard with a marker. There was just this like nonsense phrase. It was like, uh, there are those of you out there somewhere who, in, who are incapable of understanding the true meaning of a melty brain. And it was just, we always liked the sound of that. And so then revisiting it for the album, we were like, we should include that because that was there at the very start. And Ben was recording it and someone said, it's very... It's very exclusive, you know. There are those who are just incapable of, of getting this, which is a bit of a wanky thing to say. <laughs> so we just changed it slightly. So there are those of you out there somewhere who are comprehending. We just cut it out, and uh, nicer sentiment. <laughs> I, I was just going to ask, like, what is a multigrains? Ah, it's whoever wants to be a melty brain, yeah, really. He's a melty, and she's a melty. Yeah, and we're all melty. This is it. Like, <laughs> um, anyone who likes the music, I think it's a melty brain. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Very good. Um. Uh, are you happy with the album? Are you all like, happy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I mean, you know, you work on it for so long. Oh, with the and, album, I mean, sorry, like, yeah. what's the what's the um, overriding feeling? Like ten days out from the release, you, the release. you like relieved that it's finally coming out, and you can kind yeah. of almost put it to bed. Yeah, I, I, I think I've kind of moved on a little bit because um, it's been so long. But it'll be nice to have it in the world. It was the the day we got the records was a good feeling. That was great. Uh, I liked that. Um, just yeah, looking at like the artwork came out great, they sound great, yeah. Like there's, I think with any with with any anything I've been involved in, I guess whether it's an album or any kind of long long drawn out project. By the time you get to the finish line, you're you're not you're not that person anymore, and maybe you don't necessarily feel as strongly as you did in it. Um, so I, I've kind of moved on a little bit, but there's definitely satisfaction there. Yeah, like it's funny, you know, we, we're not really touring it. We've got a couple of gigs coming up, um, and it, yeah, I don't know. I'm okay with that actually. Yeah, I don't know what it'd be like touring it now. <laughs> yeah, but though it was good to do a gig again. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that. You played the Button Factory just before Christmas. Were th were there masks? Did there you masks. have the masks back? And masks uh, what was back. the show like? Because um, that was your first show in. How long? Three or four years. Yeah. Yeah. What was the show like? I thought it was good. I don't know. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit. Yeah, it was grand. It was a gig. Yeah. It was a bit, Um, it, like there was definitely, there was a moment where I was like, because I haven't not done it and not done it in front of people for a while. I was like, this is fucking bad music. <laughs> 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 what are we thinking? <laughs> um, but it was just, it, honest, before I was a bit worried that, you know, a part of our live our attractions, the live performances and how animated we would all get and how much we would get into it. And there was a bit of me like, I don't know if I'm that person anymore. And yet, funny, when, it's, when, it, when it happened, I was just like going, yeah, going ballistic. Um, but I, it was, I just, I found it kind of hilarious. I don't know, I, I laughed a lot of the way through. <laughs> it was an interesting experience. I think it was a good show, though. Yeah, I guess people will be listening to this after the Sugar Club show as well so hopefully that goes well for you as well um and then what what you've planned then really work on the second album work on the third album yeah basically yeah make music live die eventually um <laughs> what can you say about the second album the second album the prospective second yeah album, i was yeah. gonna say we're kind of fickle people and could this this could be scrapped um but what we have now is a collection of songs that are it's it's a bit great year um it's probably the greatest thing we've ever made so lots of like Re, like hard beats and noise um not not noise of like the gilla band right like it still sounds like melty brains but probably taking more influences from like like heavy grime things like the kind of early bug stuff um and 
and clipping and acts like that like hard hip hop um yeah we'll see it's and uh, the uh, it's kind of it's remember actually earlier asked about making happy music this is not that it's kind of apocalyptic a, a lot of these songs were written during the pandemic and it reflects that um, and even just during the like I, I i thought that 2016 to 2020 was that the or 2017 2021 like the donald trump period of the world the everything was was weird there was a dark cloud hanging over hanging over the planet so it kind of reflects that so if we get if this is what the album if this collection does become an album it, yeah it won't it won't yeah i don't know <laughs> um we had the perspective title because um, we you know we had the three album plan was apocalypse wow <laughs> no i think that's been scrapped <laughs> but yeah i'll give you an idea <laughs> uh so like no end to melty brains in sight like no matter how yeah, busy you get you're so. happy all five of you to uh still be making music together yeah yeah, right. yeah. i mean it's like i think having done it now it were probably at a period where we could not see each other for a year and then come back again and do it again um so there's no real uh, no real point to break it up or <laughs> you know what i mean like it would just be putting a word on it and yeah so cool yeah. on that uh, happy note yeah <laughs> thanks a lot for the uh chat and congrats thanks again so. on the album cheers thanks very much thanks for having me
suit. 